Lately I've been looking at the stars Trying to learn the constellations Making observations I know Orion by now And Cassiopeia And I've a pretty good idea Of where the big and little dippers are but astronomy is not for me As anyone with eyes can see I could watch that sky Until the midnight turned to blue And even if I knew the myths What would they all leave me with But another failed attempt At getting over loving you On the last episode of Someone Else's Blues, I spoke with Hannah and Paul about the roses, buds, and thorns of their cross-country bike trip, and I shared some passages from Sam's bike journal. We recounted Hannah's mishap on the second day when the wind blew her into traffic outside of Palm Springs, California. We also recounted Bill's sense of humor. This episode will pick up where the last left off. I were not me And you were not you And we did not both know what we've both been through My name is Will Steffen Welcome to Someone Else's Blues A podcast about twins, twinship, and the best singer-songwriter you've never heard of singing someone else's Part 5. The Lost Feather In a previous episode, I recount how Bob's mom invited me and Bob into her elementary school classroom once we reached Appleton to speak with the students about our trip and about bike safety. I wouldn't learn until reading Sam's journal that Sam had done something similar when he stayed with his hosts, Robbie and David, on the Navajo Reservation in Fort Defiance, Arizona. There is another night um, where it's kind of the same situation where we're kind of at a gas station and trying to figure out what to do. And we were at that one for a really long time. And this woman had kind of came up and she was kind of telling us how there was a bingo night going on. And it was bingo, there, a bingo night to raise money um, to go to Mexico to get ayahuasca for some of the, um, some of the, ceremonies that they were having oh wow here. and so it just invited us to go to that and um and then <laughs> somehow this is my memory gets a little hazy but then we ended up meeting another she's she somehow connected us with this other guy and then he has said that he had this sheep farm um Mm. way out in sort of like the and we were in like the painted desert region so it was absolutely gorgeous out there and he said wow. you know you have a sheep farm and he, he drew us this map in the sand <laughs> and oh, um, and uh to, to how to bike out there and so we were you know took stock of the map and then we tried to start biking 
and it was just terrible biking because it was over sand. It was really sand. Oh, yeah. And it was really hard. And so, yeah, (laughs) it's so hard to bike on it. Um, And so then we were struggling, and we were, like, halfway there. It was really far out in, you know, in the desert. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and then eventually... um, I think he maybe he got out of the bingo or something, and then he came and he picked us up in our in his pickup truck, and we and we got to ride out to the sheep farm, and then we ended up staying in a hogan. Oh was, yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's um, we have like nine walls, and there's where a lot of like um, ceremonies will happen, and um, and then there was an outhouse I remember that had no door, and you could just like look out over the. <laughs> and it was gorgeous. It was the most beautiful view wow. I've ever seen. Um, and uh, it was, it was just, um, I just, it was the most beautiful place that I've ever been. And um, wow, it was incredible. So, I think he like directed us of like where to go. Uh huh. And then we started writing, and then they, he, like, eventually picked us up, um, and we were just hmm. laughing. It would have taken us, like, six hours to bike and, like, on a <laughs> dirt road. And we, I, I have, like, a video I remember of Sam just laughing about how long it would have taken us um, to bike there. <laughs> but, wow. yeah, and then we got out there, and it was, like, sunset on this, like, beautiful, like, sort of, like, the plains and the like high desert and and they they like had us stay in a hogan um mm. which is like a traditional um like ceremonial structured I think it's hexagonal. Um kind of kind of looks like a yurt. Um yeah. And, yeah they like invited us to stay in it and I just it was just and there was like sheep everywhere and I just remember like we were just so happy and like yeah had a fire and I think somebody like like somebody um like the uncle like the aunt of the guy who we met at the gas station like brought us fresh fry bread um which happened a few times like (laughs) like like, we're places where we stayed like people just like bringing us when we're on the reservation like like just people shared a lot of fry bread with us um which was so delightful um and it was so like it was so weird like I had never spent much time on on the reservation I mean we were on the Navajo reservation for like days like it's so big Um, oh really and it was interesting like I think probably in, like, eastern parts of California, like, stopping and talking to people about where we're going and what we're doing, and, like, people would be like, oh, wow, you guys got to, like, just, like, such clear, like, racism about, like, like, you guys got to really be careful on the res, like, oh, know, wow, huh. not, not safe, not safe there, and, like, you guys should, shouldn't be riding bikes through the res, and, and it was like, huh? And then... And then we, like, got there and, like, just had so many, like, amazing encounters with people yeah. and, like, like so much generosity. Just, like, a co- like people letting us, I, like, we 
I just read in my journal about, like, we're in, um, like, Peach Springs or something, like, got into the town, and I was, like, we had a campground in mind, and I asked, like, someone at the store, like, where's this campground? And they're, like, oh, it's just another, you're almost there, it's, like, another 15 miles up the road, and it was, like, the end of a long day, and I was just devastated, like, <laughs> 15 more miles. Oh, man. Um, like not what I wanted to hear. And yeah. we started riding, and I like asked somebody, like at the outskirts of the town, like there was this guy like gardening in his backyard, and I don't remember what I asked him, but oh, I think I was just like asking if he knew if there was like anywhere in like around town that people could camp, and he was just like, "You guys should just stay like in our yard." <laughs> and uh, I was like, yes, thank God. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, they were just so nice and, like, like brought us fry bread and, like, just wanted to talk. And Next morning she's as good as new, got 10,000 new things to do, and everyone she puts me through like it's a test for me. Wants to run a race and ride her bike, swim across the river and take a hike, and everything she says it like it's just as easy as could be. Oh, likely I tried to suggest that maybe we could just take a rest Stop a while and catch a breath or take a nap at least I just need a place to rest my head, don't even need to be a bed Just dig a hole, call me dead, but let me rest in peace Now I ain't exactly lazy, and in fact I work quite hard I'm out of bed for sunrise, and I come home well past dark I'm in debt up to my eyeballs, and I'll never be retired. But I ain't exactly kidding when I tell you I'm tired. Well, so that was a warm shower situation, actually. Because that was what everyone okay. was saying. We were staying with a psychologist. Um, and uh-huh. I remember the place too, because then his wife, <laughs> she had, she was running like a dog haven, I guess. Yeah. Like, she was like they, a vet, right? Or yeah. 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 So they had like eight dogs or something because she was, there was like a lot of um, dogs on the reservation. Um, and, uh, so they were just really, really nice people. And so then he worked at the high school there as a psych psychiatrist but was working you know both with like traditional well he was really trying to build in and and work with a sort of more traditional um, understanding of mental health I guess and then adding in whatever western philosophies were relevant Mm -hmm. or applicable Um, oh cool and so and with the high school students. And so that was why he had invited us to go to the school um, was because he had that connection. And so mm-hmm. I don't remember what was said or the situation <laughs> at all. I, I do I do remember being inside the school building and kind of like vaguely what it looked like. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, but I don't remember like what was probably absolutely horrifically embarrassingly said or anything like that. <laughs> or like the context. Today, Wednesday, April 20th, 
attend morning gathering at the hospital with David's kids, give an unexpected inspirational talk, one of the most rewarding experiences of the trip so far. We sit and drink coffee as David explains the procedure of the morning prayer. There will be present everybody in the program along with the supervisors. There will be a fire burning in the stove at the center of the Hogan, and somebody will remove some of the coals from the fire and spread them onto the floor. The coals you are to treat as your grandmother, while the burning fire you treat with the respect you show for your grandfather. We will be in the Hogan, which is supposed to represent the protection of the womb. It is the primal space intended to connect you with your origins. They will sing a song to the four sacred mountains, and everyone will go around and introduce themselves by saying Ya-Ate, which is the Navajo word for hello. But unlike the English greeting, Ya-Ate is a way of saying, I acknowledge the goodness in you, and I am here to respond to it. It is a very spiritual thing to say, as are all things in the Navajo culture. And it is not a religion. They will tell you that. It is merely spiritual. They believe there is life in everything, and that everything ought to be treated with respect. I used to want to play the guitar, thought I couldn't cause I didn't know how. Then I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried, think I'm getting the hang of it now. Say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, opinion's just too hard to turn. But I say try it and see what sticks, it ain't never too late to learn. Following the morning prayer, the four of us, along with David, are invited into the classroom to give what we are told will be a motivational speech. We are all very nervous, even though we know that there is nothing to be nervous about. That once we are talking, we will all probably think of something to say and find some stories to tell. All right, Errol says. I want everybody to put your pencils down. Pencils down. I want everybody to put your pencils down, I said. I don't want you to be writing anything. I want you to be listening. It's rude to write while other people are talking. And I remember thinking, but how else will they remember it? Thinking, perhaps they will not need to. Perhaps it will all come out like nothing. We begin by giving meager introductions of ourselves. I believe one of us wrote all of our names on the board, though I cannot remember in whose handwriting the names are scrawled upon the blackboard of my mind, or in whose voice it was simply begun the whole tale. But that it was, and these things were. For a time, we bumbled about, speaking very generally about the experience of moving all day and trying to get somewhere you had never been and traveling for reasons you were not even sure of. But we sort of take it one piece at a time, Paul says. And it really all depends on what kind of scale you're using to measure your progress in. Like if you're going to look at a map of the whole United States and try to see how far you've come in a single day, It's like that much. It's a pinch. I mean, nothing. But then you take out a map of a single state and you start to notice that you're covering ground and it's a little bit more, like maybe this much. And you print out a street map and you find you're doing whole pages in a matter of minutes. So that's something, I'd say, to take it in small bites. We are vaguely aware that we are telling a story to a classroom of kids who are not trying to cross the country on their bicycles who are only trying to make it through the day without getting into some sort of fight with their superiors or their peers 
with their siblings or their parents, with their friends or their authorities. And maybe we are not even aware of the fact that we are doing it, but somehow it is as though what we are talking about begins to sound like something they might actually like to hear, as though we were talking about much more than ourselves or the trip, as though we suddenly began to speak of a thing in common, in a common language. Yeah, Bill says, and if you can just find the right thing to compare it to, you can make the most of it. I mean, there's times when we're writing and it just seems so incredibly boring, you know? But if you're paying attention to what's new in all of it, it can be really interesting. We agree with him. This might sound really lame to all of you, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Yesterday, when we were riding into Fort Defiance, we saw a golden eagle in a field right out here in front of the hospital. And we've been sort of paying attention to the birds we've been seeing the whole time we've been riding. But seeing that golden eagle really made me feel like we had come somewhere special. I think when I saw it, I just thought it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And I remembered, oh yeah, this is why we're doing this, for stuff like this. There is a teacher's assistant in the back who chimes in at this point. What's your name again? Bill? Yes, Bill says. Bill. Bill. You have no idea how right you are to feel such a thing in such a place. In the Navajo tradition, it is considered a sign of good luck to see an eagle like that. You don't need to feel foolish about saying that here. If there was ever a place not to feel foolish, this is it. They eye us in silence. And when we did not know what to say or how to proceed, Errol would prompt us with questions from the back of the classroom. So how far do you guys go in a single day on average? And tell me, at what point in the day do you decide you can no longer go on? And how do you decide how far you'll go? Is it all planned out beforehand, or do you just do it day by day? And show us how your bikes are set up. And what do you do when you get a flat tire? Have you required much help yet from other people? And we are made to tell about what we should all like to do when we get home. I don't know, Paul says. I think I'm going to figure that out when I get there. And what about Bill, says Errol. I'm going to graduate school in the fall, he says, at the University of Rochester. What are you going to study? Literature, he says. And what will you do with that? Bill thinks for a moment. I don't know. I think I will become a professor, probably. Teach. I think you would make a great professor, Bill. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe, says Bill. I wish I knew for sure. I think you will, for sure. There's something professorial about you, Errol says. And when he says this, it is as though it becomes immediately true. All the future is altered for Bill in the course of this sentence, as though the words had made visible a thing that was of course always present, but was forever uncertain, and offered a glimpse not only into the possibility of the dreams being realized, but into the reality of the future that was to come. For there was something about the way he presented himself in the classroom that day, with his hair parted in its unusual place, with his large spectacles and a pen behind his ear, standing so calmly in front of a group of strangers with a piece of chalk in hand, as though he were ready to draw a diagram on the board, or a picture of the route we had taken so far, which caused me to realize in a kind of startling way that all was just as Errol said it would be. I could not explain how or why, but it was as though I realized suddenly that that was exactly what would happen, the only thing that could. 
he would be a teacher, would teach, as he had already taught all of us who were close to him so much, had already been doing it his entire life. Like this, he would stand before classrooms of strangers' faces in states he had never been to, at universities he had never heard of, and speak to those visages and audiences, and learn from them and teach them, and this would be his living and his mainstay, his title, his path, his career, the purpose to which the majority of his life would lean, as the majority of it had already been inclined, to the noble task of thinking and rethinking, to revising and revisioning. And I was glad to see it, if only once, just as it might have been, if only it had been to be. head to the heart, there is no cause to worry. There is no reason to fear. If you got something to tell her, well, do it, but hurry. If you need me, I'll be right here. Said the heart to the head, I wish it were so simple. I wish there were no obstructions or blocks. But I worry if I speak, my tongue will stumble and I will wind up a laughing stock. Well, thank you, says Bill. And Hannah, says Errol. I'm going to a graduate program at USC to study paleoclimate. To study what? Uh, ancient climate patterns. Science, I mean. Wow. Are you excited? Yeah. We have to finish this bike trip by June 7th so I can fly back to California. And how long is that program? It's a seven-year program. Wow. That's a long time. I know. But that sounds really cool. You're going to solve the global warming problem, I'm sure. Well, I'll sure try. And Sam? I don't know. I've applied to graduate programs. I might go to divinity school in Tennessee. I think you should do that. That sounds great. Yeah? Oh yeah. We'll see. And it is not until we have spoken for close to an hour that any of the kids feel comfortable enough to ask any questions of us themselves. Before they do, it is hard to know whether they have even been listening, or whether we have been saying anything that is worth listening to. One student raises their hand. I have a question for Hannah. Shoot. What is it like being the only girl? Hannah begins to blush and thinks for a moment about how to answer. Well, these guys are pretty disgusting. Most of the time, they're just sitting around farting. The class laughs and makes disgusted faces all at once. Ew, gross. We talk about why we are doing this and how. Paul says a day at a time. Bill says paying attention to what is around you, stopping to smell the flowers. Hannah says it is a challenge to yourself. We talk for almost an hour telling our stories. We depart after a long lunch. Robbie gives each of us a feather from a red shafted flicker which she says the Navajo keep for protection. Bill will lose his crossing the border out of Texas into Oklahoma. Said the heart to the head, will you keep me breathing? Will you keep my words from fading and receding? Is the signal clear for you to keep receiving? Shall I speak to her now? Now that she's speaking, shall I follow her now?
that constant beating that sounds like a buffalo herd stampeding? Is this a question head that needs repeating? Can you hear me over that constant beating? Did you hear what I said? Excuse me, did you hear what I said? Said the heart to the head. Was it old, was it you who woke up or was it Bill? No, yeah, that was something Bill told us about in the morning. We had <laughs> we had all fallen asleep. Uh, yeah, we had we had like I think it was in Dalhart, Texas, which is like uh, you know one street town uh, with a gas station and a park. And yeah, we had. We had so you were just sleeping the- in the park. Yeah, we we slept in the park, and bef- I think before we went to bed, we, like, or maybe it was, like, while we were at the gas station, we met this trucker who was, like, you know, asking us about our trip, and we were, like, yeah, do you think it'll be okay if we camp in the park? And he's, like, yeah, but it's going to get cold, so, like, <laughs> I don't know. He seemed a little concerned about us, and then we were, like, whatever. So we went and set up tents and went to bed, and we met these, like, there were like a bunch of teenagers who were all just like goofing around in the dark and we thought they were going to like start to mess with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all went to bed and fell fast asleep. Um, I, wait, actually right before we got on the phone, I think I had just gotten to that part in my journal and, uh, I, um, cause we were in this park and we were, like, so thrilled because, like, you could camp in a park, in public parks for free. Right. And so yeah. we just found this, like, public park in the middle of this town. And um, and I remember that guy, because he, yeah, he had tried to convince us to go to his house. And we said, no, we were pretty psyched to stay in this park. And I think he, like, walked us over to the police station uh, mm-hmm. to ask the police if it was okay to do and I remember, uh-huh. and then he like to knock on the door. He just punched it with his fist, like <laughs> like he didn't like wrap it, you know, like with your knuckles. He just like, punched it like to knock with his fist. Yeah, that's like a red flag right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and so then um, and then uh, but then he went away. And then we were sleeping that night, and I, okay, I'm just, I'm trying to remember what happened. I think that I just was so scared. I couldn't say, and I, he, it was like two in the morning or something. Yeah. And then, um. And then the next morning, like, Bill got up and he was like, Yo, you guys remember that trucker? He came back last night. And we were like, what? What do you mean? And he said, yeah, he, apparently he had been sitting, he like came right up to our campsite and sat on this picnic table. Um, and Bill like woke up or he like said something to wake Bill up. And Bill had this like conversation with him where, yeah, the guy basically invited us 
invited us back to his house and said, like, you know, my wife insists that you guys come with me because it's really cold out here and, and it's not safe. And Bill was like, you know, <laughs> we're all we're all asleep and I think we're going to be fine. Uh, and right. apparently this guy just, like, refused to take no for an answer. Um, and, like, <laughs> apparently just, like, hung out there for, like, 15 minutes while Bill tried to get him to leave us alone. Well, I, I can't believe that nobody else woke up, though, if, like, Bill's standing there, like, having an argument with the guy. I mean... Yeah, well, that and then Bill was, like, super pissed at all of us because we had all slept through it. And then, <laughs> apparently, Hannah was, like... <laughs> And, like, that morning was like, no, I, I heard that whole thing. And Bill was like, well, why the fuck didn't you wake up? Like, <laughs> couldn't you hear that? I was, like, in distress. Uh, oh, man. Like, I remember, okay, I, I remember him, I feel like, rationally discussing, not rationally, <laughs> but, like, I felt like Bill was, like, making a case for it. And then I think yeah. I popped out after the guy left, and we were just like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, wow. And I can't imagine how we were able to go back to sleep after that. Wow. But, um, and, like, how we ever felt, like, comfortable in this. But he did leave. <sighs> oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> like to, wait, um... We met a man who was a truck driver. At first, I was interested in him for some sort of window into the lives of the drivers that pass for us constantly all day. It wasn't a great view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he came last. He came last night! Exclamation point! In the middle of the night, I woke up to someone talking to Bill. I thought of it was a man from the nearby houses because I heard my wife sent me out. Um, my wife sent me out because she was worried about the freezing temperatures. This, I thought, was a nice gesture last night, but this morning I discovered it was the truck driver and he came at 12.30 at night. Harmless? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird... Oh, wow. Apparently, I thought it was just a kindly person coming to talk to You crossed hmm. the black cat's path when you encountered me. Somebody should have said this here was a carnival. The only way out again is back to the living room, which you were just driven from on account of your destiny. You. I want to tell you about another near brush with death they had before being greeted by their host, Charles Warren Mosley, in Weatherford, Oklahoma, but I won't. I won't tell you about him, a PhD in computer science, who had helped to engineer the emergency oxygen tanks that were commissioned for the Apollo 13 mission, how he was planning a bicycle trip to Canada. I won't tell you about the advice he gave the four in the event that they should encounter a tornado or the story he shared of being hit by a car himself. I won't tell you about the punk house they stayed in or Ryder Spar. I won't tell you about Chris and Denise in Hulbert, Oklahoma, who did a 500-mile tour on a tandem bicycle and passed on a story of someone who toured on a tandem by himself so that he could pick up hitchhikers. I won't tell you of their time in the desert. I can't. There just isn't time. But maybe there is time for Catherine, 
the 19-year-old who they encountered near Flagstaff, but first heard about days before, who was walking across the country, pushing a Sears shopping cart in front of her. So one of my like, outstanding memories about the follow-up afterward was that um, while we were on the bike trip, we had heard about this girl named, this girl who was walking across the country. Did oh, anybody yeah. tell you about her? Yeah. Oh, you probably um, read about um, her. Yeah. What's her name? Karen Catherine. or Ka- Catherine? Catherine. Catherine, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> and it was this whole, and I think I remember hearing about it in your podcast, where um, you start to hear, I feel like, legends of the road or something, like, because yeah. everyone's kind of following similar paths, so you start to hear about, like, other people that are just a couple days ahead of you or something like that, you know? And so right, right. there are these opportunities where you start to kind of you end up meeting and seeing these people that you have heard about that you've been kind of on a tail of. <laughs> and so it was never more prominent than with this girl, Catherine, um, because it was this, like, slowly evolving story where, like, like, gas station by gas station and, like, ghost town by ghost town and, like, campsite <laughs> by campsite, we kept hearing about this girl who was walking across the country it was like a little bit more information each time. You maybe read or heard from Sam about Catherine, the the woman who was walking across the country, who like we heard rumor oh, of for like right. days and days, and then we finally just like encountered her on the side of the road walking. Huh. Um, that was like such a weird, special. Yeah, it's like you're you're a celebrity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so wow. then we were talking about it a lot, like <laughs> we were like sitting on like a campfire, like with other other um, bikers, and just talking about Catherine. <laughs> and um, she was like someone we yeah we just like imagined for days. Everyone's like, "Have you guys met Catherine?" And like, <laughs> what? How, why would? How? No. But that's really weird. You're asking because like. Someone yesterday at a gas station asked us that question. Wow. Um, and then eventually we did meet her. <laughs> and uh, so then there was one day when um, when it was Sam who recognized her. We, we, we passed this woman who I thought was pushing like a baby cart and uh, passed her without thinking. And then all of a sudden Sam had doubled back. And he was going back, and then all of a sudden, like, the realization set in, and then we all just spun around, and we started biking back for her, just yelling her name, like, Catherine! And it was like, and she just took it so well, like, this group of strangers, like, bombarding her with, like, enthusiasm and excitement, and she was wow. like, we've been looking for you, and she was like, I've been, I've, yeah, like, I, I feel like she was like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I don't know, it's just something that just felt really like um, otherworldly or something. And uh, and then um, we just had this really joyful moment in the road where we um, learned more about her, about how she had been walking, and she just was walking to walk, and that a truck driver had, like a tractor-trailer driver had um, picked her up around San Francisco and had dropped her off south because it was getting too cold and like her positive experience with strangers where she always used to feel really anxious about finding out where she's going to camp that night but then she started to realize that she would just 
um, once the sun was about to set, she'd just go up to the house, whatever house she was closest to, and ask if she could stay wow. there. And that she was only ever greeted with, like, a lot of, like, hospitality and, and kindness. And she was, like, just... You know, we were, like, we, like, felt badass, like, on our trip, like, we're, like, just out on the road, like, just doing it. And, like, Catherine just, like, put us to shame. (laughs) She's, like, (laughs) she was, like, is that her growth? Like, we knew she had some kind of cart, and I, like, had in my mind, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, I just assumed it was some, like, I don't, I don't even know what this thing probably doesn't even exist, but like some, like like she probably got it at REI or something. Like it's probably right. like a touring a touring cart. Um, right. But no, it's just like a, like a like a Safeway grocery cart, and <laughs> she had like her like tent poles just sticking out of it. She was just and she was like so casual about the whole thing. Like wow, you just walk until you're tired and then if you're near a house you knock and so far people have been really nice wow it's like wow we're doing this all wrong But so then in follow up to the bike trip, like a couple months later, we got an email from Catherine and she told us that <laughs> she had fallen in love. <laughs> oh my god. And so wait, she I didn't had know made that. it. I... Really? Uh, no, maybe I'll see if I can find the email for the you. Um but oh, it was man. um she had walked across <laughs> So she'd walked, she made it up to Massachusetts and she had met somebody there, somebody she just had stayed with, you know, as she oh would do overnight. And then she fell in love and, um, and she was staying there. <laughs> she was. Did you guys write back or did you write back and kind of tell her what happened on your trip or? Yeah, we did. We did. And, um, she wrote, I think, a really kind email back. Wow. But that was kind of that. But we have neither of us have, I think, emailed since. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about these bike trips. It's like you meet these people, <laughs> and it's like your best friends for like a second, yeah. and then you never see them again. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. Right. Wow. I feel like that's kind of one of the funny. It makes me want to say there's two types of people. (laughs) (laughs) There's people who, um, you know, I don't know, that are more open to that sort of randomness and the faithfulness of of these experiences, and they don't hold too tight. And then there's the people that do hold tight and stay, I think, go for depth. But it is really amazing. I think you really, you really do develop sort of like a better <laughs> something out. <laughs> yeah. Out, out there and um, 
where it doesn't really last, but it's really great while it does. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's well said. She keeps me close and she holds me tight. Walks me through each and every night. She ain't afraid to put up a fight. Makes it seem it'll be alright. But in the morning she leaves again. And though she says she'll come back again And though I tell her I'll see her then I always hope I'll still be here then I spread my wings and she holds me down Try to swim and she helps me drown I start to cry and she calls me clown But tell me babe do you have me now? Cause I can fly without leaving ground and I can dive without going down And I can kid without fooling round So tell me babe, do you have me now? There is this moment from May 6th, somewhere in Oklahoma. How are you doing today, Hannah? Oh, I'm good, just fine. How are you? Fine, fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wait, Sam and I have a question. Yeah, what's your question? Do you feel like you've been changing very much out here? Changing? How do you mean? Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this trip as an experience of growth and character development and and all of that. And I just don't know that I feel that I'm any different today and now than I was before we started this trip. Really? No, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like you've changed much? I mean, yeah, I do. I think I do. Like how? I don't know. I mean, I guess just because all of the things that we've done so far. We've had so many experiences out here, you know? We've been through the desert, the reservation. We've stayed with strangers. We've seen all kinds of wildlife. Think of the things you now know that you didn't know before, just from your own experience. We've had people help us for no reason. We've been to towns we've never heard of. We've... Yeah, but do you feel like you're becoming a different person? Like you're developing somehow? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think I'm always changing a little. Every day I'm a little bit different than I was yesterday. I don't know if that's always for the best, but it's definitely true. See, I just don't feel like that. I've been thinking that when I get back from this trip, I'm just gonna be the same person that I always was. I will have crossed the country, but it will not have changed me any. Really? I, I think it will have. But how? I, I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of thing that you have to wait a while to understand, after you've sort of gotten away from it. Sort of like how it's hard to remember now where we were two days ago. Maybe this whole trip will feel like that when we get home, and people will recognize it in you, even if you don't know it about yourself. Maybe. I don't know. Me neither. I don't know either. Maybe that's a yes, maybe it's a big fat no. When you've got no cars, no case, no proof, maybe maybe's the closest you're ever gonna get to the truth. Maybe we ought to just let the whole thing go. Lance Armstrong, he was a professional cyclist who overcame cancer. He was on everybody's like list. 
most would have said it was the best there ever was. Well, one day the U.S. Drug Administration performed a retrospective investigation to see whether he'd ever used performance-enhancing drugs. Well, it checked his blood, and wouldn't you know it, Lance Armstrong's blood was full up of dope. They asked him about his blood test results. They said, well, what do you have to say for yourself? said, well, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, maybe it's my fault and maybe it isn't, maybe that's a yes and maybe it's a big fat no. When you've got no cause, no case, no proof, maybe, maybe it's the closest you're ever gonna get to the truth, maybe we ought to just let the whole thing, maybe we ought to just let the whole thing, maybe we ought to just let the whole thing go. Yeah, well, so on that note, I'm, another thing I want to know from you is, like, were there any, um, like, I know you guys used warm showers. You also stayed yeah. sort of with people that you, that, we, you know, one of you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, were there any, like, who were your favorite hosts? Like, where yeah. were the, yeah, who did you like hanging out with the most? Yeah, well, warm showers was really amazing. Um because it was just an incredible way of, I think, learning more about an, an area or a region by yeah. somebody who lives there. So it just always had, like, a more um, special – it was always more special because it felt like, well, A, they were bikers, and so they appreciated and understood what you were doing. And right. they are also always so willing to, to share more about the area. So I, I really – um, <laughs> I feel like probably maybe others have told you about like Trey and Mallory that we met in Oklahoma. I think like some of the things that stand out to me were just like ha- had a lot to do with like who we stayed with. Um, yeah. <laughs> like just like meeting, meeting people was so, such a, um, big part of the experience and and um and then and then we'd get to like you know ride away the next day and just talk about it (laughs) yeah you know like we'd have some like weird night with someone from like what is it called like warm showers or something like a website that like connects you with hosts um but we had just some like amazing amazing nights like dinners that were just seemed like I mean mac and cheese with like hot dogs feels like decadent on a bike trip because you're like so hungry and like yeah everything tastes good so like showing up places there was a few places where we would show up and they would have like they'd be like cooking some really fancy meal and and like have like a 12 pack of beer or something and we'd get to like shower and like I don't know like there was just so many great experiences. Yeah. Like in um yeah. in like I think it was Guthrie, Oklahoma, we had one of our best days staying with this really young, like hipster like couple out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. 
Um, and they like, yeah, they just like cooked us this amazing meal and had a like lake on their like property. Um, it was like this really old house. One of them, I think, like inherited this property or something. It's just how they ended up out there. And, and it, we just like immediately got there and like they had beer and we like went swimming in the lake. I remember. Nice. Still, like, swimming across the lake with his hat. And, oh, like, yeah. The hardy catalpa trees were blooming, like, on one side of the lake. And he, like, was so, you know, drawn to it. He, like, swam across and tried to, like, get a bunch of the flowers. And I just, like, I think I have a picture of this, but... Yeah, I was going to say, that rings a bell. I think I've seen a, a photo of, like, him holding his hat that's full of flowers. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, swimming with his, like, arm out of the water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think we decided, like, we were, I think, like, over dinner or something, like, Trey or Mallory were just like, yeah, you guys, like, can just stay as long as you want. <laughs> and I think we just looked at each other and was like, oh, we're like, okay, like, didn't even need to like discuss it. We're just like, all right, like tomorrow's an off day. Like <laughs> we're totally staying. Nice. Um, and I just that like that was a, a really, really like delightful day. And then we just like hung out and read and slept in and. you guys like you just like stayed and that like you just didn't bite because you just wanted to hang out with them yeah. yeah they um they just had like they lived on like this the grandparents land that used to be like a summer camp like retreat area 
Oh, cool. Like a number of cabins and stuff, and it was like there's an amazing pond, um, and the kids helper trees were blossoming, and it was just all really, really beautiful. Um, and so, and then there we would have like dinners outside and stuff, and so, um, but like they had this. Oh, and this is another follow up story, which is just that they had this ambition while we they we were there that they were working so hard at these. Um, these these sorts of like difficult jobs. Like, I guess like, he was like a school bus driver, and then she was working at a nursing home, like kind of cleaning and and caring for the the patients there. And they were wow. just saving all of their money so that they could start a um, a coffee <laughs> a coffee like roasting like become a coffee roaster and also um, oh, wow. have, like a coffee shop as like a community space in this town that they lived in that they had both grown up in and so in Guthrie, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Guthrie, and so yeah. um they had showed showed they showed us their like their coffee roaster in the shed in one of these like abandoned vacation cabins. And wow. it was like this giant machine with was like golden and it had like a yellow chrome <laughs> on it and like and then it was like they had the machine but they had to still like raise some more money. So they were really close and it was just also beautiful to just see somebody that has like a really like singular dream. And yeah. uh and then um I think I remember like a couple of years ago Googling them and it's like they have they they did it. They have this beautiful <laughs> coffee wow. shop and like a coffee roaster in Guthrie, Oklahoma and they have like two kids and Oh, my God. Wow. That was really, really sweet to see as well. Yeah, Um, man, I'm so glad that you, like, were curious (laughs) enough to follow up on some of these people. (laughs) Wow. Had me a girlfriend a while ago. I loved her and she loved me. So I went ahead and asked her if she'd like to start a family. She said yes, we both got dressed and we went before the priest. He said, if anyone disagrees with what's happening here, speak now or hold your peace. Well, Grandpa jumped up in his mighty old age. He said, there's one reason I can see. Getting married's not all fun and games, you know. It's a lot of responsibility. He said, I ain't here to stop you, but only to warn you. It's an awful lot to risk. Soon as you got kids, they take what you got and forget that you exist. And that's all the thanks you'll get. All the thanks you'll get. You work hard to keep a roof above them. Call you liar when you tell them you love them. And that's all the thanks you'll get. All the thanks you'll get. It's a raw deal. It's a full-time gig. And you sure can't raise them the way your parents did. Otherwise, they'll just try to go and get rid of you. Right within the first week, when we had just crossed over into Nevada, I think, and um, we were, <laughs> and we were staying in a casino town, mm. and um, and it was like, I so I feel like there's like this spectrum of like of um, where I feel, I guess like of like a what is it asceticism. You know, uh-huh. where, where like I feel like Sam was on one end, where he was taking the trip very seriously, um, in terms of miles crossed and commitment to camping and and um, 
lack of luxury. <laughs> and then there's like the <laughs> other end of things where that you have Paul and me. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then I felt like Bill was somewhere in the middle. And uh and so uh, then like there's a lot of nights where I felt like Paul and I were pushed for like the cheap hotel room or something. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like um staying out in the rain or in you know, in a windy situation or something, you know, against yeah. the elements. And so right. this had this we Paul and I went out one night when we had just gotten to this casino town and it was supposed to start um storming. And so we stayed at a really cheap hotel in that town. And then we <laughs> to add add to the luxury of this of how it felt, we decided to go into the hot tub <laughs> of oh, this <nice>. hotel. <laughs> and then um and then it was like it was like the fourth it was within the first week of it. And we were uh-huh. in this hot tub and um and we were chatting with this guy and his son who are also sitting in the hot tub and we were telling him what we were doing, which is like we intended to bike across the country. We had like barely biked yet thus yeah. far. But that's what we were going to do. And he just thought that we were heroes. Like we were just wow. like the heroes of that hot tub <laughs> that night. And like we it was just the funniest um experience. And I remember like Bill and Sam stood up and you could see their like their um their bike tans. Like there's oh, yeah. like sunburns and he's like, Oh, look at their legs, like you can even see like that they've been and he it told his son, he's like, I he's like, I I um one day like you'll do what these guys are doing. Like it just felt <laughs> which was and it just felt so ludicrous because like we had barely gone very far at all and we were already staying in a hotel in a hotel. <laughs> Um but because it's funny, it's like, you know, it's like, you're not really, you know, there's not much to, I mean, you're you're putting yourself in these hard physical conditions, but it's pretty, it's pretty, um, I don't know, um, you're pretty lucky to be able to take the time and to do something like that too, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. One really, like, funny, weird night. And this was interesting, like, talking about this for days after, but we, when we were in, um, the Ozark Mountains, uh, like, similarly, like, end of the day, and just, like, wanted to, you know, you just, like, want to be done. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, like, five <laughs> o'clock or something, you're, like, hungry, and you're, like, where are we going to stop? Right. Um. And Bill and I were riding in front and, like, saw this sign on this, like, property. You know, it's just, like, very, very rural. Um, And it said, like, Camp Cody. And we were like, oh, we should, like, go into this camp and, like, see if we can camp here. Camp (laughs) Cody. Um, And we, like, got off our bikes and walked in and, like, peeking around, like, knocked at the door and like nobody came and then eventually like saw these people on the back deck and they were in like full jumpsuit like full camo jumpsuit um wow. like staining the back deck um and uh we were like oh hi like they're like what like what are you doing uh, we're like, we're just riding, wondering if there's like anywhere around here. <laughs> just like, 
Like, such a stupid question. Like, is there anywhere around here to camp? Um, <laughs> and uh, they were like, yeah, like, I don't know. They wanted to, like, talk to us for a few minutes. And then Sam and Hannah, like, eventually rode up. And and I think by that time, Bill and I were like, these people said we can camp in their yard. Um, <laughs> and they were like, okay. Uh, so, oh. Well, that was that was so funny though because um, <laughs> well, that was another situation where we just didn't have anywhere to stay, and right. we saw this sign that said Camp Cody, and it was obviously like a residential address. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't like, but we were like, well, let's just go in and ask them if they have places to camp, <laughs> and then hope that they're like um, that they're open to 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 hosting us. You know. Yeah. Um, and so when we pulled up, it was like a man and a woman, and they were wearing matching camouflage, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like dumps, like a painting suits, because they were like right. in their log cabin. And then they were a little cold at first, like they were kind of like, you know, they didn't seem like they wanted to have a stay, but then they ended up allowing us to camp in their front yard. So we just like set up our tents in the, their like huge lawn, and eventually like. They came out and like, like you guys want a bonfire? And we're like, yeah. And like, <laughs> I don't. I, Doris, I remember was the woman's name. I don't remember the husband's name, but they he built like a gigantic, like, fire pit. Like the wood pile was like so huge. <laughs> like and burning then, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he like put <laughs> gasoline on it too. It's like. Oh, it was like a, ra- a rager. And then, and then they came out again, and they asked if anybody would want to take a shower. And then I was like, I do. I, I do. <laughs> and I went into the house, and that was like my jaw just dropped. I was just like, I couldn't. Like every single surface was covered in taxidermy. It was like <laughs> bobcats leaping up to catch a pheasant. There was like a oh you know, like bare skin rugs and like. Um, it was it was literally insane. And then I went I went into the bathroom. There were like deer antlers, like the the toilet paper hung on deer antlers. And then the, I I hung my I hung my towel on a turkey leg, like a turkey cloth. But oh my god, you know, um, wow. So it was just every every surface, everything. And um, and then uh, after that, um, <laughs> the. <laughs> They, they called me, like they said. Like they, I thought they said my name, and I, I, I answered, and then, um, and then like, and then they said my name again. Uh, they said something towards me again. I answered again, and then the third time, I realized that they were calling me Sarah. They weren't calling me Hannah. And oh. it's just like I didn't correct them, and I just kept <laughs> like going by this name that they had like, you know obviously misheard me say or something and it was like Big Bill and Paul were just like what are you doing <laughs> like <laughs> they just were giving me like the weirdest looks so that I just kept going with it and um and you know it was it was like a the dinner was was nuts you know like it was just like um Doris came out and asked if we wanted to join them for dinner um and as ha- like ha- this happened a few times where we'd like get offered to cook dinner and they like 
just throw some steaks on the grill and Bill and Tim and I were like, oh, that's great for us. Like, shit, Hannah. Hannah's vegetarian. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, she's like, you know, not, she was like always very like polite, I guess. You know, she didn't seem to mind. It was like just an, um, yeah, a regular oh, wow. experience, but like they made us the most. I mean, and, and like that was all before. Like they, there was so much food. It was like a huge feast. They like yeah. cooked steaks and French fries and biscuits and gravy and like pie and like like just it was so decadent. And then he, wow. he got out his like wild turkey bourbon and and meanwhile <laughs> we're we're like sitting in a room like we went into their house for dinner and it was like there were probably over a hundred taxidermy and animals oh my god like just like <laughs> looking at us like while we were eating like so 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 many dead animals in the house and then like like a huge huge gun safe like way bigger yeah. than my refrigerator and like got like vintage guns like on racks on the walls and like it was just i had like had never seen anything like it and i and i think like something we talked about a lot after that and bill like was very affected by this especially was like like having the experience of like meeting people and i remember him saying this who like in your normal life you would just like be totally yeah, like across across the aisle from like you're not yep. aligned in any way with these people and like have like so little common ground with them yep. and like would never in any circumstance find yourself like connecting with them and yep. then these these people are just like are just treating you like royalty right now <laughs> and like and you're just like stunned, like you know, it's like such a powerful experience to have, where someone who just is so opposite you is just like being so generous. Yeah, and, and it was just like it was amazing. I think like biking away from that night, we were just like so. I don't know, just like wow, you know, like inspiring or. Just a powerful, powerful experience. Um, it, it was like the the reason why the, the camp was called Camp Cody was because their son had died, whose name was Cody, and it was oh, in a wow. hunting accident. Oh and my god! So, and then they had like this giant chest of um, like a, one of those huge like safety boxes filled with guns. Yeah. Um, and yet they were so hospitable to us. Like they were like they 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 gave us like you know they gave us food. They gave us um, you know showers and we could stay there. And like they were really super kind and hospitable to us. But then they were like you know we didn't really go into politics. But they were bad. Yeah. Obama yeah. and like you know like they were just really conservative conservative people. Yeah. And so. Um, and uh the, like the woman I remember like I was standing with her in the kitchen and she was looking out into the backyard 
and she was just like, um, if the neighbor's dog comes into our yard one more time, I'm just going to, like, and she, like, implied, like, go out and shoot it. Oh and then God. she's like, but she's like, there are these foxes in the neighborhood. She's like, and she's just like, and they're just too cute to kill. <laughs> and I like couldn't believe I just like too cute to kill. I was like stuck with me. Um, wow. And then um, when we left, though, like I remember Sam told me he was like, you know, like maybe you just had to be fair to get through that experience yeah <laughs> you had to have this like alter ego <laughs> right um wow but yeah it but that that that's that's i feel like um part of sometimes that's the problem where we have these ideologies um that are bigger than these sorts of interconnections like person to person it, it helps allow that randomness to, I guess, happen, which is, yeah. as we get into our, like, boxes and right. our bubbles, it doesn't happen. Right. But, but I do, I, one thing that haunts me, though, is, like, what if we weren't, like, four white kids biking through Arkansas, you know, like, right. what, like, would we have received the same level of hospitality? As a woman, I mean, that's one thing that was, like, kind of remarkable that Catherine was, like... Yeah. Um, it was amazing to me that she still felt safe traveling, right. walking alone, no less. Like, not even... On the next episode of Someone Else's Blues, Sam and Paul offer their thoughts on Thomas Mann's The Magic Mountain, the book that Bill was reading when he died. Next time on Someone Else's Blues. I guess then I wouldn't be here Trying to choose Now between mine and someone else's blues Someone Else's Blues is a podcast written, produced, and edited by Will Steffen. Music, of course, by Sam Steffen. By the way, if you like the music you have been hearing on this podcast, you can hear more at samsteffen.bandcamp.com. That's S-A-M-S-T-E-F-F-E-N dot B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. samsteffen.bandcamp.com. But you should have seen your face that day It looked not a thing like mine Why is it always common sense That says it's alright to just be yourself sometimes Lightning never strikes the same place twice, they say But even if it did, they might not believe that anyway I were not me and you were not you that I would not want not to not be not you the hardest part about loving you is that it has never been that hard